Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. Of course, you guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. We are back. We are here. Week one of the 2022 NFL season. It's been a long off season of drafting. We've done the the FFPC main event. We've done countless underdog drafts. We've been on drafters with Liam, and now it is time. It is here. We are going to be setting our week zero waiver wires. So these are for leagues that drafted early. Uh, you know, obviously, if you drafted last weekend, that market should be pretty efficient. You probably are, are not going to have a ton of guys out there. But if you drafted a month ago, if you did, you know, a slow FFPC main event draft back in in June or July, there's definitely going to be a little bit of meat to pick. So for those of you who are new to the program or if it's just been a while, this is how we do it every single week. We go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Uh, we take a look at guys who are 50% or less owned on Yahoo is is generally the way that we do it because, uh, and, and you've probably noticed that lots of people in the industry use that. It's because their research tools are the easiest. I've jotted up a couple notes here. So just starting out a quarterback, obviously you, you should probably have your quarterback already. You know, you took Russell Wilson, you took Tom Brady, you took Trey Lance, you are running with that guy. But I have two guys here who I think that you could, you know, just kind of add as um add as stashes depending on the format. The first one is Malik Willis. This is in deeper formats, Superflex, Scott Fishbowl, deep dynasty leagues. I mean, really, I'm just hoping to stash him in a couple spots. Do I have room for him on my FFPC main event teams? Do I have room for him in the Silver Bullet? Of course not. But 14 team league, 16 team league, super flex leagues. I just, I just want to stash a little bit of Malik Willis. But the, the more interesting guy for week one is, you know, maybe you drafted a guy who's got a more difficult matchup. Maybe you don't really want to use, you know, your Derek Carr, your Tom Brady type. I think Jameis Winston week one against the Falcons is pretty interesting because. If Jameis plays more like Tampa Bay Jameis, if the Saints sort of take the reins off and let him do his thing with Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, that is a pretty interesting guy for fantasy. And, and really, I mean, you don't even have to squint that hard to see a top 12 fantasy football season from Jameis Winston. You know, those dump offs to Alvin Kamara that made Drew Brees a great fantasy quarterback. We're all feeling good about that. And even... You know, some of these leagues where you have 20-man rosters, I, I don't hate keeping two quarterbacks. I mean, you know, maybe you took Lance or whatever and you want to have someone as a backstop, or maybe you missed out on the top eight quarterbacks entirely and you just want to have someone there who you can use kind of as a matchup guy. I could totally see Jameis Winston being one of those guys, but quarterback, not very interesting, especially not going to be very interesting in week zero. The running back group for week zero, though, is pretty interesting, and I think that uh, obviously this conversation has to start for me with Jalen Warren. I think he is the prize gem. He should be available in early high-stakes stuff. He could be out there in some of your dynasty leagues. He's definitely out there in a lot of your 12-team home leagues. He would be the top guy on the board for me. Uh, he reportedly was the star of camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looks like the clear handcuff to Najee Harris. He's moved past Benny Snell. Uh, Jalen Samuel from years past is gone. And Anthony McFarland got cut this offseason as well. So I, I think I would go up to... 30% or so on Jalen Warren in most leagues. I mean, obviously, you know, it's going to be dependent on your team. Can, are you going to be able to keep a guy like that? 
Um, you know, do you already have seven running backs? Is this a zero RB team where, you know, you might need someone else's points more than him, but, uh, you know, I think he probably is going to fit a lot of roster construction. So feeling pretty good about him. Uh, then the chiefs guys are the next guys that we need to address. Uh, we of course have Isaiah Pacheco, one of the big late risers, Jarek McKinnon and Ronald Jones, uh, to begin with, I think all three chiefs reserve running backs should be owned. In order of preference of having them on my teams, I would rank them McKinnon, Pacheco, Ronald Jones, but that is not the way the market is going to treat them. If you want Isaiah Pacheco, if he's out there in your leagues, if you drafted in June, if you drafted in a shallower league, you know, um, you know, maybe only 16 roster spots per team or something like that, then there's a decent chance that Pacheco is out there, especially if you have to, if you had to draft a kicker and a defense. Of course, in the FFPC, you do have to draft a kicker and a defense, but even in, you know, your your Yahoo home league your ESPN home league. There's a decent chance all those guys are out there. I would say McKinnon is more of the James White variety where he's definitely going to get you through some weeks, but you're not going to feel that great about him, you know, ever becoming like a running back one. Pacheco, you know, if he does dismantle CH, if CH just goes to the bench, if CH gets hurt, uh, something like that, then I think Pacheco has a decent chance of being the guy. But remember, Ronald Jones did not get cut and Ronald Jones, I do think, also needs to be owned in all 12-team leagues. Well, maybe not all 12-team leagues, but definitely in more leagues than he is owned. And I bet you could squeak Rojo through on waivers this first week with like, you know, uh, 3% of your budget or something. I, I would not imagine very many people are going after him. A couple guys who I just think need to be owned who maybe aren't at all. Jeff Wilson Jr. looks like he is the clear running back two in San Francisco. Trey Sermon got cut. They did keep five running backs with uh, Jordan Mason making the team as well with uh, with TDP and Jeff Wilson Jr. But um, I just, I don't know. Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be the third down back to start the year. Now, maybe TDP ends up earning a larger role, but right now, Jeff Wilson Jr. is ahead of him. And Eli Mitchell is also dealing with a hamstring injury. Amir Abdullah looks like he is going to be the third down back for the Raiders. The Raiders should be a little bit more pass heavy this year. He is a really good sixth running back to add on true zero running back teams. Eno Benjamin is probably my second favorite guy out there that is owned uh, in, in less than 30% of Yahoo leagues. Reports are that he is the second running back for the Cardinals and that he is going to be playing some passing downs over James Conner, which totally makes sense. Um, you know, James Conner is, is, I think he's 28, maybe 29. He was a little bit older of a prospect. And, you know, he's a fine receiver, but not a super efficient wide receiver. Uh, Eno Benjamin, a guy, I I'm, I mean, I'm just trying to get him on all my teams. Uh, Boston Scott, I mean, it just feels like it's every year with this guy. He played ahead of Kenny Gainwell in the preseason when the starters got rested. Scott got rested. Miles Sanders reportedly is already banged up. His week one status is in doubt. Scott needs to be owned in all competitive 12 teamers and super sneaky ad. I think Damian Williams, I, I would actually bet that Damian Williams leads the Falcons in non Corderell Patterson touches for the first month of the season over Tyler Algier. In fact, I think Damian Williams might just really be the same guy that Mike Davis was last season. I I'm not big on Algier. I know like our friends, Pat Corain and Ben Gretsch, they like him a little bit more than I do. 
to me, I mean, you know, a, a day three rookie on a bad team, it really just feels like they are probably going to go with the the veteran running back over him again. I could be wrong, but also I feel pretty confident that he is going to be someone who does uh, does not have a large cost to acquire. In fact, I, I would bet pretty strongly that He's going to go, you know, in some, even some of these main event leagues, I, I bet he's undrafted in a lot of them. I bet he goes for like five bucks out of a thousand in a lot of these leagues. Four wide receiver, I mean, very difficult this early in the season. We're going to get way more information next week. So, so what I have is just a list of guys that I would hold as a wide receiver seven or eight in a deeper bench format. Um, you know, a high stakes format. So I got Khalil Shakir of the Buffalo Bills. I, I was telling Sammy Reed yesterday, I think he's going to play a good amount in week one with McKenzie banged up. And it just, it just seems like he had a better training camp than Jamison Crowder. So makes sense there. Christian Watson, Watson at some point this year is going to end up being a hot waiver wire name. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of you, you have to make these cost benefit analysis decisions on your roster yourself, but he fits a lot of what we look for in these rookie wide receivers. Kyle Phillips seems like he's going to play a lot of snaps week one for the Titans. Devin Duvernay, I think has a good chance to be the Ravens second wide receiver, third passing option. Nelson Aguilar is going to be the Patriots primary deep threat while Tyquan Thornton works his way back from this collarbone injury. David Bell might just be the new Jarvis Landry in this Cleveland Browns offense. You know, we're not uh, we're not exactly sure uh, how all of that is going to shake out, but I do feel uh, that he is one of these rookie wide receivers who is going to have a pretty immediate role. Danny Gray, if he beats out Juwan Jennings for the third wide receiver job in San Francisco, he could be a spike week guy. Sterling Shepard is reportedly not going to start the season on the pup list. Kenny Galladay is running routes like a mannequin. Kadarius Toney is banged up. So, you know, we pretty much know what Sterling Shepard can do out of the uh, out of the slot. I guess it remains to be seen who is going to play more out of the slot, Shepard or Wandale. And then in week one for the Cowboys, I actually think Noah Brown could be a fairly decent play because I, I would imagine he is going to play more snaps and be targeted more than Jalen Tolbert in week one. And Michael Gallup has already been announced out for week one. So those are a couple guys to throw a few bucks at on the fab. But I mean, obviously week zero wide receivers, you're not going to get a ton. Uh, real quick, tight end grouping, Brevin Jordan, just a guy I got turned on later into in the off season. He ran routes on over 80% of Davis Mills's preseason dropbacks. Farrell Brown wasn't playing in the preseason, but I think Brevin Jordan should be the primary receiving tight end uh, in leagues where Taysom Hill is eligible at tight end. Pretty much like if, if you got to ask, uh, you know, you, you've been missing out. It's like you're you're not going to want to have Taysom Hill until it's too late. If Taysom Hill is is getting these wildcat snaps, if he's starting at quarterback, like obviously you were just going to need him to win. Trey McBride and Isaiah Likely, these rookie tight ends for McBride. Zach Ertz is banged up. Rondell Moore is reportedly banged up. McBride could get on the field earlier than expected. Now, also, they could just play Andy Isabella and Greg Dorch a ton against the Kansas City Chiefs, but specifically in tight end premium formats, I think it is worth throwing a few bucks at him and uh, just taking a peek. If you are in one of these early tight end premium leagues, you know, you drafted early. In fact, I, I wonder if Isaiah Likely is maybe even out there in a lot of like Scott Fishbowl type stuff. Uh, I know that a lot of you guys listening to this are in the Scott Fishbowl. Like that is a, a pretty interesting. Let's just see real quick. Is Isaiah Likely available? He is available in my Scott Fishbowl. So there you go. There's an example of tight end premium format, deep format, 
wasn't drafted. The beat writers have kind of been insisting that he is going to be the third receiving option as early as week one. If that is really true, he really should not be on the waiver wire in any 12-team league with with deeper rosters. You know, obviously, 16-man rosters, maybe, I mean, you know, maybe 500 yards and six touchdowns from a tight end doesn't do it. But if that is a stat line that would do it in your league, uh, make sure to acquire him this week. And then finally, Cam Brate, Kate Otten, and Kyle Rudolph for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whichever one of those guys ends up with the largest snap share, or if any of them gets four or more targets, or if any of them is the clear passing down tight end. Like if Rudolph is the blocking tight end, but Brate comes in in all the obvious passing situations and is third on the team in routes, or if Kate Otten comes in over Kyle Rudolph when it's time to run routes. I think they're going to be mass bid on in week one. I mean, you know, just tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, pretty good spot to be in, especially with Godwin working his way back with injuries. So I think all of those guys are worth some bids. That is a look at the week zero waiver wire for fantasy football. As always, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to talk to me on Twitter. My, my DMs are open. That is the first week one, 2022, Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. We will uh, be back a little bit later in the week, everybody.